Please support The Bar by like, subscribe, and sharing my casts. Follow my social media at Facebook, Instagram, Gab, Parlor, BitChute, YouTube, DLive, Twitch, CloutHub, and Rumble. Or join my Subscribestar. Make a donation by clicking on the links on the description box. I am a listener-supported show, so any of the above is greatly appreciated. Help me grow and spread the truth since the mainstream media obviously does not want to support truth. All links are listed on the description box. God bless you and enjoy. Welcome to the Speak Uneasy, a safe space where cancel culture does not exist because we are in a different prohibition era. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Uneasy with me, the bartender. So tonight's random read comes from the second book of Kings, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, a prophet's mission. And Elijah, the prophet, called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins and take this box of oil in thine hand and go to Ramoth-Gilead. And when thou comest, Thither, look out there, Jehu, the son of Josaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in, and make him arise up from among his brethren, and carry him to an inner chamber. Then take the box of oil, and pour it on his head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door, and flee, and tarry not. Once again, this random read comes from the second book of Kings, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, a prophet's mission. So, as far as deciphering this particular read for tonight, um, this really resonate this really puts a stamp on a few things that I was um that I have been questioning. Um it's kind of hard for me to share uh because I don't fully I don't fully understand all these things that have that has been going on with me personally as far as what the mission is and all these things that's going on spiritually with me. Um, but this kind of puts a stamp of approval on something that I have been wondering about, um, over the weekend, I, I went to the God and country, uh, um, event and there was, there was very, there were very, a lot of spiritual things that happened to me in a very, very overwhelming way. And just picking this as a random read kind of validated a few things that I had questions about. Not necessarily because I had doubt, but, well, 
honestly, yes, it was doubt. Um, because sometimes we wonder, sometimes we wonder why, why we were chosen to do particular things by God. Uh, I don't consider myself anybody special. And I know I've explained this before about how I started podcasting. And I said that it was God who told me to spread the word. And I don't understand how his decision, his decision made him to choose me to send the message. Cause I, <laughs> for one, I am not a very articulate person for two. I have zero charisma. <laughs> uh, uh, three, I'm, I'm really nobody. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that I'm doubting God because that, that'll be foolish of me to say, but let's just put it in a way where I would say that I'm humbled that I have been chosen by him to spread the word. So, that is my take on today's random read. So for tonight's cocktail, we will be baking the sidecar. Uh, a little history on the sidecar. Uh, I have an article here from liquors, uh, lettersandliquors.com. Um, let's see here. Let's see who wrote this article. Well, I don't have any... Uh, writers of the article but nonetheless it's by lettersandliquor.com okay article reads often pegged as the only classic cocktail to come from prohibition an assertion i dispute from a couple of uh, a couple angels the sidecar is one of the few cognac cocktails in the pantheon which makes sense as it comes to us from paris or does it it doesn't say when this uh, was written either. So, um, please bear with me. Please, please bear with me. Okay, last week when discussing the ginger whiskey, uh, whiskey ginger, I called William Grimes straight up or on the rocks. A forward-thinking cocktail book because it was first published in 1993, long before most of the country had taken up the cause of, a, of the cocktail. While Grimes certainly sounded the trumpet that roused many a great drink writer to the field, he didn't have the benefit to he didn't have the benefit of their work to balance his scholarship. Grimes called the sidecar the one classic to emerge from the prohibition era. And this assertion was repeated ad nauseum by the scores of writers who referenced his, at the time, definitive work. The problem is he's wrong, and on two counts. Mind you, this is not by me. This is from letters, uh, letters and liquors doc, lettersandliquor.com. Okay? The, fa- the familiar history of the sidecar goes like this. Prohibition sends Americans bar- American bartenders to Europe where they can practice their trade. One of them, Harry... Macaloni um, invents the drink at Harry's New York bar in Paris for a patron who is driven to and from his establishment in a motorcycle sidecar. It is widely adopted by discerning drinkers, soon canonized in cocktail books, including one by Macaloni himself, 
where he credits another bartender for the drink's invention and launched into the stratosphere. There are two problems with Grimes' assertion. The first is the only business. While the sidecar is one of the most famous drinks to emerge from, from prohibition, it is far from the only classic. In fact, well covered, uh, well covered another drink that was definitely, probably, maybe created by Mr. Macaloni. The Monkey Gland in a couple weeks. And anyone who says that the Bloody Mary or French 75 aren't classic is drinking out of a different bottle. The second is the idea that the sidecar is a prohibition drink. While the name might come to us from 1931 or 1930 or even 1922 depending on the story you believe, the formula dates back to 1850s New Orleans when one Joseph Santini created the Brandy Crusta. David Wonderich pins this as the first time a cocktail contained citrus. As we saw with Niam Tong Boon in the Singapore Sling, credit for the creation of a cocktail goes to the popularizing party, and Mr. Macaloni had a flair for marketing. The international beer drinking contests he hosts routinely made the press across the pond. Gas Reagan, in his Joy of Mixology, points out that the Brandy Crusta was the Yur cocktail that created the family he calls the New Orleans Sour, which would later grow to include the Margarita, the Kamikaze, and the Cosmopolitan. There is something elemental about this combination of spirits, orange liqueur, and fresh lemon juice. So it makes sense that it would keep popping up until a name and a story emerged that would keep it in the popular conscience. No matter who invented it or where the magic moment took place, the sidecar feels inevitable. Alright, so we are going to make the sidecar right now. So... I have all my ingredients. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take half an ounce of lemon juice. We're going to take a ounce of Cointreau, which would also be known as triple sec. But in this case, I have Cointreau. I have the real deal. Next, I'm going to take an ounce and a half of uh, cognac. And the cognac that I have here is Symbole National Brandy de France, XO Extra Old.
Now I'm going to uh, put ice into the shaker. And at the moment, I do have my rocks glass being chilled right now. Um, so that's sitting. I can chill that. shake this baby here we go we're gonna go ahead and dump the ice and water from the rocks glass Put my uh, sphere cube inside. Give this little sucker a taste. Ooh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. And now we're gonna go ahead and pour into the uh, pour into the rocks glass. Now I'm gonna garnish this with an orange peel. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the orange peel, I'm going to express the oils over the drink. Just give it a little pinch over the glass and I'm gonna rub the glass with my orange peel. Rim the, the, rub the rim of the glass with my orange peel. And after I do that, I'm going to use my orange peel as the garnish. So twist that up a little bit, make it nice and pretty. Dumping in the glass, and here we are with our. Hold on, I'm trying to put that sucker in there. There we go. The sidecar is now presented. Now I'm going to give it a taste. Very nice. Very nice on a hot day, for sure. Um, man, what a well balanced drink. Uh, I'm a big fan of whiskey sours, and if there was no whiskey around and all they had was brandy and some uh, triple sec, this definitely would be my go-to. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the sidecar. Salute. And now to the show. So today we are going to start off with an article that I found from thefederalist.com. Uh, which was written actually today. And the, I picked this article because today is Memorial Day. And we need to be reminded why we have a day of, of uh, which is called Memorial Day. Um, it's, it's very impor important to me 
to remind people that the reason why this country has become one of the greatest country prior to every all these craziness that's going on right now we have to understand that a lot of blood has been shed um, for freedom in this country so that has to never be forgotten that has that never has to be forgotten so much sacrifice has been made because people believed they believed in what America was is uh, what it is now uh, is a totally different thing but prior to like I said prior to all this madness America was one was one of the greatest countries and it still is it still is one of the greatest countries the only reason why I worded as such was is because we are losing um, we, we, we are losing rights little by little and we are heading into a direction that I think these people who have sacrificed their lives would be rolling in their grave if they found out that uh, us as people that live American citizens here we're failing them we're failing them so I'm going to read this article and then I'll talk more about what today um, means at least to me so like I said this comes from the federalist.com article is let's see who wrote this article it, it, it was written on May 31st which is today uh, it just says here by the federalist staff article reads why honoring those who sacrificed their lives for our nation should never be overlooked on this episode of the federalist radio hour emily dominich joins culture editor emily jasinski to discuss how she banded with the travis Mannion foundation to to found the honor project and encourage Americans to gather to recognize the fallen on Memorial Day. Part of what makes the Honor Project really magical is it's a stranger recognizing it's it's a stranger recognizing a stranger from far away and honoring their names, saying their names, sharing it with the rest of the world, and giving a moment to remember that person. Dominich said. I think most people, most civilians, go into Memorial Day and they don't know what it means. They know how important it is. They appreciate the military, but they, have, they haven't they have got a clue how to reach out to touch those families who have really lost someone. And they don't have a clue how to really appropriately honor those who sacrifice. I think the lesson for civilians looking at our service members who are coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan today is to talk to them, ask them how they want their comrades to be remembered. Ask. Ask them how they want their service appreciated, Dominich said. Because I think the Vietnam generation did not get that opportunity. And it's only just now coming out how many of them sort of, I think, needed it and needed to the ability to share with their family and friends their experience overseas and i always find those stories to be really incredible let's see let me 
give me a minute here. Um, okay. And then it continues on to another article here, uh, again by the Federalist. Uh, this one was written in May 14th, though, uh, by Emily Jashinsky. And I'm going to continue this because um, I think this is important. Okay. Emily Dominich spent Memorial Day last year in Arlington National Cemetery, fielding an influx of requests from people around the country, hustling around the grounds to send back pictures of their loved ones' graves. The response was overwhelming. ESPN, The View, Fox News, and other outlets covered Dominich's impromptu effort. Eager to do even more this year, Dominich joined forces with the Travis Mannion Foundation to create Hashtag The Honor Project. We are mobilizing volunteers to visit our national heroes interred at Arlington National Cemetery this Memorial Day weekend on behalf of their families and friends. The foundation writes on its website, The Honor Project ensures our nation's fallen heroes are not forgotten while engaging our patriotic network of Spartans. The site adds, We're challenging you to join our effort to remember the fallen who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Request a visit to your loved one interred at Arlington National Cemetery. Volunteers will learn their name, visit their grave site during Memorial Day weekend, and place a commemorative flag of valor flagged to honor their service and sacrifice. You can also purchase a flag created by combat veteran craftsmen that project volunteers will place at the headstone of a fallen hero to commemorate the holiday. T-shirts that support the project are available for purchase on the Travis Mannion Foundation's website as well. And um, I'm sorry, I didn't read the title of this earlier. Uh, the title reads, Hashtag The Honor Project is here to help remember our veterans this Memorial Day. And that was written on May 14th by Emily Jasinski. Emily Jasinski. Now, here's my take. Here's my take on um, not necessarily the articles, but the day of Memorial Day. During the time when this country was founded, we were ruled by British and it, and a lot of people fled Britain because they were tired of of the tyranny that Britain was um was uh treating, you know, they 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 were treating the the citizens of Britain pretty bad. So they decided, you know what, screw this, let's go let's go uh go to the frontier and go find new land and start our own thing, which was ballsy. It's it's a very ballsy thing to to have to leave something that you've been used to for so long and start all over again and build it from the foundation up. So during this time, um, people left, found America. Um, unfortunately, it was still under British rule. So people decided that they didn't want to have anything to do with Britain anymore. Hence, a Revolutionary War happens. A lot of blood was spilt because of that. Um, and years later, another war happens, the Civil War. 
between the north and the south. And more wars follow. Uh, World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, Gulf, uh, what do you call that? The Vietnam War, and then he, we're here now at the um, Middle East, the the wars of the Middle East. It's multiple wars, but it's 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 a it's it's been a concurring thing. It's been it's been going on ever since it started. But you have to understand that a lot of these soldiers, um, they signed up. No, I mean, I'm a sh- I'm pretty sure they signed up knowing that they may have to enter battle one day. And pay the ultimate price. Now I have much respect for that, especially especially kids that that join right out of right out of high school it blows my it really blows my mind because to to give your to give yourself up for such a thing is a very unselfish thing to do it's 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 hard and then you know uh, i i was never in the service and um there was a point where i was i i did see a recruiter but I'm, you know, I I'll, I don't know why I didn't follow. I mean, I know why I didn't follow through with it. I followed. I didn't follow through with it because at the time I went to go see recruiter is right after nine eleven happened, and I had nothing. Like I I didn't know what to do. So I went to go see recruiter, but at the same time, my son had just been born, and he was born in nineteen ninety nine. So I had a two year old kid. Um. And my wife finds out that, you know, after I saw the recruiter, I, I, I told my wife that, hey, I went to go see a recruiter. And she told me, no, I don't want you to go because you are going to be deployed. And we have a kid that you need to take care of. But now looking at hindsight, as I look at the, these things in different angles, I look at that situation in, in a few different angles. One of the angles that I look at was, is, was, one of the angles that I look at now is that maybe that wasn't what God intended me to do. Like that wasn't part of my destiny. That's one thing. Another, you know, and, and another thing is that I wish I have gone, I have gone, you know, um, I, if I was to like, if I was to survive and come back, maybe it would be a lot more beneficial to me financially, uh, healthcare-wise, as as far as insurance goes, right? Even though I've heard horror stories about the VA, but at least that there's something there that I can fall behind on. But but I'm also thinking too that maybe. Maybe I was signing up for the wrong thing. Like my 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 purpose of signing up wasn't necessarily to be patriotic at the time because I really didn't care. I didn't. I was not patriotic. I, not to say that I was unpatriotic, but I, I'm just saying that I just didn't care about politics 
or what was going on. I just, it wasn't one of my things that I cared about. What I did care about were very, um, very stupid things when I was in my early 20s. Just, you know, especially having no direction and no, um, no male father figure there to kind of look up to. So I looked at a lot of things in a very, very um, small-minded way. My, my, so I, I, what I'm trying to say is that maybe it was best for me not to sign up because I, for one, I didn't know what I was getting myself into for two. Um, my mind wasn't, it wasn't in the, it was not set right. Like when, when I look at it as if you're going to sign up for the military, you have to like really love this country and you you need to understand that you're possibly going to die especially during the time that I was looking to go in right after 9/11 happened everybody got deployed didn't matter so now fast forward till now with 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 how much I love this country and I've seen the rapid change in how this country has come to and to have my heart break because we're here on Memorial Day of 2021 and many people, many people have died. Many people have died overseas. Many people have died overseas and probably never had their bodies found because they believed in the concept of freedom now, I don't know what that means to you, but as far as my concern is, what that means to me is that I owe it back to them to preserve what we have in this country. Because honestly, if we don't preserve what we have in this country and I, we're slowly losing things here, we're going to be in a different kind of country that a lot of people who out there who are these young people are begging for communism without even knowing what that is. They're looking at the utopian definition of what communism is on paper, not realizing that you add the human factor to it. There's still good and evil, no matter what. Even if we were able to fix this country, evil is never going to go away. It just isn't. And I also think that when, you know, if we ever cross to the other side, possibly make it to heaven, I still believe that angels have to fight evil in that type of setting as well. But I know the topic of discussion today is Memorial Day. And honestly, we have to remember and we have to preserve what, how much blood was paid for America to be America. Especially if you have children and especially if you're able 
to fight for what's left in this country and, and gain back what we used to have. I could care less about myself now because this is not about me. My concern are my, my kids, my kids' future. What kind of America are they going to live in if we don't stand up and, and fight for what, what this country is? It breaks my heart to see all the family members that have lost their loved ones to have to see this country turn into what it is now. It's very heartbreaking. But this is what happens when we forget. This is what happens when we forget. So we should never forget. We should never, ever forget the ultimate price that was paid with blood by patriotic people who believed in what America stood for and still does today. So that was my take on today, Memorial Day. It's Sure, I mean, the hot dogs, the alcohol having another day off but please there are a lot of family members out there who have lost people who have died for this country and now they are not able to have a hot dog a hamburger a cheeseburger an alcoholic beverage with that loved one anymore because they are gone so please we need to preserve we need to remember so I'm going to take a break right now and uh, after the break uh, we'll see where we go after that and welcome back from the break so the next article that I found here uh, <laughs> I referred to one of my one of my uh, go-to sites as far as um, I don't know stupidity uh, this one is <laughs> this one is by libtards.news. Article reads, Herschel Walker warns that NBA, NFL, and ML, MLB are supporting Bravo Lima Mike groups that burn Bibles and the American flag. Uh, this one was written on May 9th of this year by Ethan Huff. Okay, uh, before I read this, this probably can connect to what I was talking about before the, the uh, before I went on break about remembering um, the troops and everything and what Memorial Day was. So this should be an interesting uh, follow to that. Herschel Walker was a badass man. He still is a badass man. Former American football star Herschel Walker put up a video the other day calling out professional sports leagues for siding with Bravo Lima Mike. After seeing another video in which Bravo Lima Mike activists were seen burning the American flag and the Bible, Walker decided to make a statement saying that enough is enough. And I concur, enough is enough. This is such... 
this is exactly why I'll, I'll, I'll go on my little rant after I read this because I just don't want to get lost in reading these articles. Walker has appeared on Fox News in the past and has also posted videos on his own YouTube account calling Donald Trump the best one in office. Now he is taking aim at the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and all other sports leagues that are embracing the Bravo Lima Mike agenda. I don't think it's right, Walker says. We cannot continue to sweep stuff underneath the rug because sooner or later we're going to stumble. People, we are being fooled. What Walker and many others want to know is if professional sports leagues really support rioting, looting, and Bible burning. Or if they are just pandering to the trends of the day in an attempt to stay relevant. With the <laughs> with the Wuhan Charlie Victor 919 changing the way people watch and participate sports perhaps latching onto Bravo Lima Mike is how professional sports leagues hope to recover from the pandemic Herschel and his son both agree that all lives matter yes they do especially little babies Walker's son Christian has also spoken out against Bravo Lima Mike terrorism and the Democrats who embrace it. Democrats used to be the party of the KKK and white supremacy. Look at that. Mr. Herschel Walker dropping truth bombs. Do your research. Walker tweeted last fall. Now they're the party of the Bravo Lima Mike and black supremacy. Both are equally dangerous. All lives matter. That a black man would say all lives matter defies the left-wing narrative that only racist conservatives would ever say such, such a thing. And Christian is right. Bravo Lima Mike is about fomenting black supremacy and anti-white racism. I concur. To be a so-called anti-racist is to actually be an anti-white racist. Privileged white liberals are apparently too dense to recognize this, and it's funny because I noticed this too. Though in their quest to destroy themselves and everyone else like them, the dirty little secret of the of Bravo Lima Mike is that it is like the Ku Klux Klan, writes Aaron Erdhart for Western Western Journal. Both movements define and group people based on race. Both use intimidation and violence to get a, to get what they want. Very true. True anti-racism would not look anything like what Bravo Lima Mike is doing by terrorizing white people, destroying businesses, and inciting violence and mayhem when wherever it rears its ugly head. It, it would look like that Martin Luther King Jr. envisioned a world where people are judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And I am a proponent on that. I always judge people on how they treat me 
So I would treat them as such. Unfortunately, that's not what the Democrats want. Earhart said, The left wants to divide Americans, putting people in boxes based on the color of their skin and berating those who dare to think differently. Both of the walkers, father and son, have chosen to leave the plantation, to, so to speak. The way they think and talk goes against the grain of what the left considers normal for people of color. And thus, they are not taken seriously by the establishment. The state of Georgia needs Herschel, wrote one commenter at Citizen Free Press. Some believe that Herschel may and should run for office in the state of Georgia. Man, that'll be awesome. He can. He's a very bright guy too. He's not just some jock. He's a very intelligent guy. He can straighten things back out. They need, they need him back at the University of Georgia too. They haven't won a national championship since he was back there in 1980. Others thank Herschel for his patriotism, with one calling him a fine, sweet soul. And I concur with that statement as well. Run with the ball, Herschel, another commented. You've got it. All the way, don't stop, never stop telling us about a better way. Herschel cares about this country. So that uh, article was written on May 9th uh, by libtard.news. And the article is written by Ethan Huff. Ethan Huff. Now here's my little take on this uh, article. Yes, um, the Democrats, they always like to label, put a label on somebody. Put a label onto somebody um, who's a victim, right? How how do you advance forward always living in this victimhood mentality? How do you it, how do you get out of that? You know what you do? You get up and do what you what you want to do to pursue what your main goal is. That's what you do, and stop using that as an excuse or some kind of uh, crutch for you to keep leaning on I came from a broken home I never used that as, as an excuse and now for my family we are a solid family every time I'm home I do the best I can to have dinner or lunch with my family or both together and I interact with my I interact with my family I talk to them. I don't sit there uh, just being on a cell phone or whatever. I actually talk to them. And yeah, it's it's. I mention it sometimes that I come from a broken home, but I mention that because I'm not playing victimhood. I'm not making excuses for not fixing what, what was wrong to me. I don't blame... I don't, I mean, sure, uh, you know, my father left, that's on him, but I've, I've already gone past the stage of 
putting blame on whoever and I just did for what what I thought was right was going to be right for my own family. We shouldn't play this victim mentality because that is your anchor. That that is what's going to keep you down and that's what's not going to make you advance. And as far as labeling everybody as such um sure I can say that I'm Asian and use that in some kind of advantage I guess I don't know but I don't do that I don't if I if I qualify because of my intelligence <laughs> which is really not that much because I'm a very simple person then I I get what I earn not based on what I am but based on who I am and when I mean who I am I'm talking about what are my my what is my morality am I a hard worker um do I have some kind of intelligence uh <laughs> that's what I mean by about who I am because I do not put myself in these these stupid boxes of I'm a middle-aged, uh, straight, Asian man who, you know, I don't do that. I don't do that because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So that's my take. I mean, there really isn't much to it. There really isn't much. But the Democrats, they love that. You know why they love that? Because you keep vote they keep they keep them down and give them just enough to stay on the Democratic Party, and always tell these people that oh you've been oppressed because of this and because of that. Well, you can go ahead and stay there if you want, but that's never gonna like your life is never gonna change. There's never gonna be any positivity from that, and I. In my opinion, too, I think another big thing uh, about that is having a relationship with God. Yeah, I, I, my life has changed ever since I've given myself to God, and I know I'm gonna be on a kind of like a preaching soapbox, but I, I want to share my experiences. I, I really do. You know, the moment I found God, that was my driving force to go past what I was, what I thought I was capable of doing. And now here I am doing podcasting because part of that was God telling me to do it. You'll never know what kind of potential you have until you, you know, step out and do it. Are you going to, are you going to make mistakes? Sure. But we have to get out of the mentality of making mistakes is a bad thing because how can you learn things without making mistakes? Many mistakes have to be made to make sure that like every, okay, so you, if you're, if you're throwing darts at a dartboard and you keep missing, like the more darts you throw, the better you kind of get because you're trying to gauge the middle of that dartboard, right? It's the same thing with, with doing something new. You try different things to see what works for you. 
And that's where I'm at. I'm still throwing darts at the dartboard to figure this whole podcasting thing out. I'm not afraid of making mistakes. We shouldn't. It's not a flaw. Making mistakes is not a flaw. Making mistakes is a is a part of being successful. Because if you don't know how if I wouldn't say if you don't know how to lose, you don't know how to win. I'm just saying that if you don't lose many times to figure out what works for you, you'll never win. And in my opinion, if you even start doing things, making mistakes, I think you're on the road to success because you're you're at least putting it out there and trying. But no, the the Democrats always want to put you they always want to say that you're this, you're that and and you deserve this and that because of this and that. No. If there's something that you want or if there's a certain goal that you're trying to attain that's nobody's responsibility but yours will it help if you had people support you and 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 give you a little nudge hell yeah that would help you a lot but you need to surround your, yourself with people who are going to do such things to you which is why i love this this um i, I that's why i enjoy being such a a, a christ follower and a patriot because these are the type of people, even if they don't know you, they know you because they feel that energy from you. It's a mutual energy that you feel and you want to push each other up. So instead of hanging out with all these types of people that are going to pull you down, you need to surround yourself by with people who are going to push you up. And believe me, there are people out there um when you feel that positive vibe and I, yeah I don't really like using the the word vibe let's just say positive energy when you feel that with somebody that you meet the sky's the limit because you know that that pushing that 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 person's going to help push you to become successful but the first step is stepping out of your cave or whatever you want to call it, then you got to step out and do it and not care about whatever mistakes you make because that's that's part of the learning process. You can't expect to do something that you've never done before and get it right the first time. No. You can research all you want about doing certain things prior to doing it but for me, the way I learn is I just go out and do it. Just do it. You can't let that fear hold you back because you let that fear hold you back. You don't know what the true potential of yourself is. You don't. Just just do it, dude. And I hate to sound like a stupid quote by a, 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 a clothing slash shoe company. But it's a correct statement. Those three words. It's it's a correct thing to say. Because that's the only way you're going to know. And don't stop. Keep, keep throwing those darts out there. Keep trying to hit the bullseye. There's nothing wrong with that. You're on your own pace. You're not competing against anybody. At least not yet. 
maybe when you get to a level where where you're really good at what you what you've learned to do then maybe the next step is to start competing against other people but in the meantime there's there's no there's the, the, like there's no time limit pace yourself do as much as you can a little bit at a time and perfect it fine tune it you'll get there but the only person who's going to do that is you. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where I went with that discussion, but it, it pretty much says here, you know, like, because I've noticed that that with liberals and Democrats, they, they look so, they look terrible, man. They, they look so unhappy. For people who are so, quote, like, accepting and all this stuff, they're, like, you can see the misery in their face. And they want to go to communism? Has anybody ever even read the book 1984 or even seen the movie 1984? That's all about communism right there. Did everybody look like they were happy in that movie? If you've ever seen the movie? No. They didn't look happy at all. They looked miserable. Anybody who's lived in a communist country, they look miserable. So... I don't know. I don't know if you guys got anything off of that. And like I said, you know, I'm it's I'm approaching I'm approaching a year of doing this podcast. And I for me, I still don't think I've hit what what my niche is doing this thing. But I'll tell you what. I will share, you know, you know, from time to time I will share how, how it's going for me. And um, hopefully it'll motivate somebody to do their own thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be podcasting as well, but it could be something else different. But you just got to step out of that. The only person who's holding you back is you. It doesn't matter what kind of circumstances you're in. Make it work. Surround yourself with people who are willing to help you, who want to see you succeed. That's key. Support is key because without support, the motivation on its own is a hard thing to keep fueling. You want to be able to be surrounded by people who energizes you to push you even harder because that's what's going to that's what's going to make you evolve even more and push yourself even more. And who knows, even speed up the process. There, there, there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help but you just have to show the interest that you you and and you know you, you have to show that you're willing to put all that effort time you know all that effort and time into what it is that you want to achieve you're capable but at the same time the only reason why you're not capable is because you're not capable get out of that mindset of being somebody who's owed something or that victim mentality. Because if you carry that for the rest of your life, you're going to be a negative person and nobody's going to be around you. Nobody's going to be around you. You're going to die lonely. You're going to die miserable. I don't know about you, but I, I've i realized when I was in my early 20s that 
I wanted to die smiling. And I know that time is not, we don't have much time here. We don't. It, it, sure, you may live up to 100, but that 100 years goes by fast. And you want to be able to be in your deathbed as you're, as you're dying with a smile and content and say to yourself, yes, I've done everything I absolutely wanted to do. I succeeded in what I wanted to do. And hey, even if you don't succeed in what you wanted to do, you did what you wanted to do. Right? A grand exit. A round of applause from yourself because you deserve it. That's the only time that you should feel that you deserve it because if you put all that hard work into what you do, hell yeah, you deserve it. And I will be right next to you to tell you you did such a great job. Even if you weren't able to achieve like specifically where you wanted to get, just you doing it and keep and you kept trying to fine tune and perfect what it is what you wanted to do that in itself should make you proud because you you had the tenacity and the balls to step out of that box and stop being a victim from yourself because you're actually being a victim to yourself you're holding yourself back you shouldn't because you don't know you don't know how much potential you have until you go out there and do it. You got to do it. So that's all I wanted to leave you with today. And um, we'll see how this go. You know, we'll see what we talk about next week. So uh, like I end every show. With that being said. The bar is now closed. It's more than a passing notion I've never fallen with such devotion I can't help but wonder If it's only a dream Am I naive again? believe that things are really as they seem Can anyone explain it How to understand what's true I know I just Whenever I'm with you I can't help but wonder 
Might be. 